Good afternoon, and welcome to our Thanksgiving and memorial service for Gwyneth. Gwyneth, who was born on the 26th of March, 1937, and sadly passed away on the 7th of February earlier this year. As witnessed by how many of you that have made it here to the martyrs this afternoon, as well as this memorial booklet that you may already have glanced through, Gwyneth was an extraordinary person in so many ways. Although I myself uh, had a relatively short amount of time getting to know Gwyneth, I was told very early on after arriving here in Leicester two years ago that whatever else I may do as a vicar, I must make sure that I stay on the right side of Gwyneth. (laughs) So you can imagine I was kind of quaking in my boots uh, when I was first introduced to her at the back of the church that first Sunday. But no need to have worried. Yes, we all know that she could speak her mind. She was a straight talker, but she was such an encourager. And throughout her life, so other person centered. Most some days she will come up to me and say, Bertin, let me introduce you to such and such. And perhaps it is very poignant that today, of all days, Leicestershire Ride and Stride is taking place today. An annual event seeking to raise funds for repairs and improvements of churches and chapels. And for sure, as she had done for many years, Gwyneth would have been on the phone to many of us again, seeking to drum up support and to get people involved. Just a couple of other things before we uh, begin with a first hymn. As I won't have a chance to say this later on, can I say now a huge thank you to everyone who has helped put this service together, produce this stunning booklet of memories, decorating the church in such a beautiful, wonderful way, and also providing cakes and refreshments for after the service. Thank you especially to the guides and brownies leaders and Pat and those others of you who were here for most of the day yesterday and again from early this morning helping with this service. So in regards to refreshments uh, after the service, there are two uh, serving stations on either side at the back and as you can see there's one here at the front as well so you can Uh, use either to get your tea and coffee and cakes from. Finally, there are obviously a lot of us here this afternoon, and whilst some of you are perhaps quite relaxed, quite chilled about face masks, others of you are perhaps not. So in general, if at all possible, can I encourage you to wear a face mask when wandering around inside the church? But of course, feel free to take it off when seated and during the time of refreshments. And of course, when we sing, something which we are doing right now. So as we remember and give thanks for Gwyneth, can I please invite you to stand 
and join in uh, with us singing this beautiful hymn, In Christ Alone. Please, if you're able to, please stand.
remain standing as we hear the Gospel reading, which is taken from the Gospel of Matthew. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Our salt and light reading for me highlights practical help in the present and holding the hope for the now and the years to come. And that is what Gwyneth and indeed Pat have done for me in a gently and not so gently parental way since we first met. I became a guider at the age of 18. As I left my unit to go to university, I was given a number on a scrap of paper and told to keep it safe and that if there was ever a problem after I moved to Leicester, then Gwyneth would sort it. (laughs) I had a problem. My accommodation was challenging, my first week was full of exams and everything was new. I found the paper. I thought with miracle number one, I thought guiding would give me a link back to normal life. I went to the phone box and now I feel old. (laughs) And I rang the number. Hello, my name is Helen. I'm a guider. I've been given your number. I'm new in Leicester. Gwyneth's response was immediate. Hmm, you don't sound quite right. Which phone box are you in? Okay, I'm on my way. And with Pat, I drive a red car, come for lunch. And so began a precious friendship that has endured. From that point, I was told there was always a bed for me at their home and a meal whenever I needed it. I've used both well. Gwyneth and Pat supported me, along with many of the guiders here, through my law degree. They drove me to my selection interviews for ordination. They were there at my ordination. Indeed, they not only helped clean, but they furnished my curate's house for me. 
They encourage me to learn to drive. It may have reduced their driving. And then they provided coffee when after my test, I practiced by driving to them. Arriving shaken, not liking the traffic in these parts. And some things don't change. Gwyneth and Pat attended my licensing service when I became the prison chaplain at HMP Leicester with special and written permission from the governor as neither had photo ID. (laughs) Are you sure they don't have a passport? Yes, I'm positive. A driving license? Yes, they do, but not a photo one. Oh, After the service, Gwyneth commented, You know, Helen, I will always support you, but I will never set foot in a prison again, if that's all right with you. (laughs) I really didn't like it. Gwyneth and Pat have supported me throughout my ministry. The last time I saw Gwyneth was slightly miraculously via Zoom. I think it was pretty much the one and only time she Zoomed. I was licensed by all three archbishops as deputy chaplain general to prisons. The last thing Gwyneth said to me was how proud she was. A comment I will treasure forever. I know how much I owe Gwyneth and Pat, without whom I may still be lost in a phone box. You probably know that the letter E is the most common letter in the English language. My guess, though, is that on Gwyneth's computer keyboard, it wasn't the letter E that wore out first. It was the exclamation mark. (laughs) If you've ever received a chatty email from Gwyneth, then you'd see it plastered with multiple strings of emails, of of exclamation marks. In our household, we came to describe this phenomena as a Gwyneth level of exclamation marks. I think this kind of sums up something of what I think made her so special. Her incredible mixture of playfulness and seriousness. Her sense of fun and her sense of responsibility and commitment. I have to say, quite simply, Gwyneth helped shape my life, even though she would completely reject such a ridiculous suggestion. At a funeral, I mentioned that, at one level, she terrified me as a young, naive vicar. Burton, there you are. Some things haven't changed. (laughs) Behind all that 
formidableness was an incredible sense of duty, of honour, of care and concern, a real-life commitment to people, tangible, a commitment to individual people, not just to sort of people in its entirety, but to that person and that person and that person. And a commitment that was not just to church, because there are people who are very passionate about church, but sometimes I wonder if they haven't actually twigged that church isn't about church. It's meant to be about God and life and everyone. So Gwyneth, Gwyneth's wasn't churchianity. She was passionate about church. But hers was Christianity. It was a profound devotion to God and to the way of Jesus and to living a life that was good and that was open to others and even that was open to new ways and to change because sometimes you have to change because God and because people matters most. I'm fairly sure Gwyneth had many disappointments in her life but amazingly she didn't let those define or shape her. She had this really enviable talent of being both careful and responsible but also playful and generous. I'd like to think that I might live a life with a Gwyneth level of exclamation marks. Thank you. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm Pete Coopy. I'm one of the church wardens here. Uh, before I say my few words remembering Gwyneth, I want to tell you that we've planted a white cherry blossom tree in the church grounds. The church was very definite about we wanted something in the grounds where people could go and remember Gwyneth. And thanks to the generosity of the congregation, and sadly one of the main people who contributed to this isn't able to be here through ill health. Uh, we've been able to do that. But I wanted to read to you what, what that person put in a card who's unable to be here. In memory of my dear friend Gwyneth Ann Moore, who helped me out in my younger life after I left home at the age of 17. Gwyneth was such a bubbly character and when the flowers blow off the tree and swirl around in the wind, they will remind me of her. We will be putting a permanent plaque by the tree, but that hasn't been produced yet, so there is a temporary plaque in front of the tree. That will help you find where the tree is. If you want to see the tree out of the church, turn left, turn left again, and about halfway around the back of the church, there's the tree with the plaque. On a, on a personal level, I will remember Gwyneth for her pastoral heart because her pastoral heart was utterly genuine in the love and care that she showed to so many people. My wife and I first met Gwyneth in 1977 
It was a year after we'd married and moved to Leicester. And due to unfortunate circumstances, my adopted sister Linda, aged 11, came to live with us. Not easy in our first year of marriage. Gwyneth took Linda under her wing and got her involved in guides. That was a good thing for Linda and it gave us a break. Now those of you who know Gwyneth will know that she is a busy person. She was always busy with jobs at church, mainly with people, but she had served as a churchwarden as well. And whilst we might think everybody knows Gwyneth, there was, I understand, a child who said, well, who's Gwyneth? And the answer was, she's the lady who owns church. (laughs) Now, as I said, Gwyneth was a church warden and I'm a church warden. Now, Gwyneth, as we know, was a straight talker and she was never shy of letting me know when I didn't come up to scratch or if I'd forgotten something, or I'd left the door open too long on a cold evening. But one of, the, one of her favourite phrases was, and I'm sure many of you have heard this, nobody does things properly anymore. <laughs> but I feel that Gwyneth only said that because her heart for God was so strong. She, she just wanted everything done properly. Now Gwyneth has been essential to the pastoral work of the church for many years. But she wouldn't call it pastoral work. She said, I'm just visiting friends. You know, almost what's all the fuss about? Why have we got to give it a name? And she certainly didn't have any time for training. Gwyneth's pastoral work was based on a combination of common sense and compassion. And it certainly served her well, as many people will testify. One of the things Gwyneth was strongest about was people who'd had to leave the church to move away or they were perhaps too poorly to come to church anymore were not forgotten that they were still part of the church even though they couldn't attend every Sunday. So Gwyneth sorted out harvest gifts, chocolates at Christmas, flowers at Easter, the newsletter through a letterbox or visits or phone calls. And I'm just glad I didn't pay her phone bill. (laughs) So, in conclusion, what, what did I learn from Gwyneth? She loved God. And she made that very clear. She was proud of the fact that she loved God. She loved this church. But she taught me most of all that everybody matters doesn't matter who they are, where they're from, whether they're steeped in theology or their faith is wavering, whether they live, live in a palace or on the streets, everybody matters. What a legacy. Thank you, Gwyneth.
we've just sung the servant song. And what could be more appropriate for Gwyneth? Brother, sister, let me serve you. We are here to help each other. I will share your joy and sorrow. Gwyneth gave much of her service through girl guiding. She encouraged girls to grow in confidence through being a guide, leading many generations of guides here at the Church of the Martyrs, but also across Leicestershire. She had great enthusiasm for camping and for Topstones, our campsite, which led to her being given responsibility for county outdoor activities. Gwyneth always delivered, as Margaret Kirby, the county commissioner who appointed her, said, if I gave Gwyneth a project she could be totally relied on. It would happen. The end of a weekend, when the event was over and everybody was tired and looking forward to putting their feet up in the evening at home, Gwyneth would go home and set to on writing a thank you letter to everyone who had helped in any way, however small that contribution. And they were wonderful letters. But although Gwyneth was a great organiser of large events, she was not full of confidence. In fact, she worried but this made her understand people's anxieties and shyness. She would give everyone arriving at an event a great encouraging welcome and put them at their ease. Today, Leicestershire Girl Guiding is admired for its varied outdoor program. It was Gwyneth who led the addition of activities beyond camping. All things were possible and could be tried by guides, whether camping, walking, fencing, or a wide range of water activities. These were not Gwyneth's specialities, but she encouraged teams to deliver exciting programs for every girl. I remember raft building at the quarry pit at the Brand and county water weekends by the saw at Watton. But it was a very special day when after several years Gwyneth first got into a canoe. 
Gwyneth enjoyed a good day out. The two of us were fortunate to receive invitations to a Buckingham Palace garden party. But Gwyneth made the day even more exciting because she knew a Chelsea pensioner who had been a member of this church. So off we went to London, parking at the Royal Hospital Chelsea Barracks, being given a personal tour which ended in the on-site pub where we were an item of interest. <laughs> then on to lunch, two women in guiders' uniforms with about 300 Chelsea pensioners in their uniforms. Even the general who was touring the dining room, stopped to say hello. The next stop was Buckingham Palace, where we were both presented to Princess Anne. Though afterwards, we both quietly agreed that the morning was the highlight of a memorable day. Now looking, at the now, looking at the number of Girl Guiding members here today, of all ages, it is obvious that Gwyneth's belief in young people and her ability to bring out the best in them, to instill a love of service, adventure, and leadership has borne fruit during her life and will continue to do so in the future. I'm going to share memories that Christine Hurst and I have of our beloved guide captain, Gwyneth. We couldn't wait to join Gwyneth's Church of the Martyrs Guide Company in the late 1950s. It was a flourishing, exciting company, and we knew we'd have fun as well as work hard. Gwyneth was such a positive and encouraging leader, and during our weekly guide meetings, we were soon working towards the many badges we could gain. We wanted to do our best for Captain Gwyneth. She just had that kind of nature which inspired us to do our best and to do our duty to God and the Queen. There were many moments when we didn't get it right. Gwyneth would get cross with us when we repeatedly got it wrong, trying to fold up, hoist, and unfurl the Union Jack flag. There would be this enormous frown from Gwyneth, and we tried unsuccessfully to stifle the giggles. Gwyneth's own Christian faith was apparent, and we respected and loved her for it, and it certainly rubbed off on us too. Church was an important part in all our lives, 
and the monthly church parades were attended by us all. Gwyneth was one of those leaders who quickly recognised our strengths and encouraged us to use them. If we were sporty, we would be the ones to lead the games or act as lifesaver on guide camps, as Christine did. If we were creative, singers or actors, we would take the lead in gang shows, dramas, singing round the campfire, leading a grace before meals, or singing taps at the end of the day. Guide camps with Gwyneth were great fun and full of laughs. But my word, you had to work hard as well. The hours we spent making our gadgets stand up so that everything was off the ground, all involving square lashing, making our fingers roar. But we had to do it right, and every day our perfectionist Captain Gwyneth would do an inspection and keep us on our toes. Gwyneth, as you realise, noticed everything. She knew each one of us and cared for our well-being. You didn't say no to Gwyneth. If she asked you to become Tawny Owl or Brown Owl for one of the brownie pats, you ended up doing it. Christine became Tawny Owl and then progressed to Brown Owl, and I became her Snowy Owl. But it didn't stop there. Gwyneth had instilled in us a love of guiding that would become a lifelong service to guiding the community and to the church. When we moved our separate ways, Christine became involved with cubs with her two sons, and I ran the Uppingham Church Brownie Pack for ten years. That ingrained feeling that we wanted to be of service had been instilled in us by Gwyneth. These friendships we made with Captain Gwyneth have lasted the years and her legacy lives on in guiding today at the Church of the Martyrs here where it all began. Gwyneth, if you're looking down on us, I know you'd be proud of our achievements and delighted to see us reunited again in the Fellowship of Guiding. today representing something of Gwyneth's guiding legacy. There surely cannot be many units whose four leaders all had the same guide captain and who have notched up between us over 150 years as leaders. This is largely due to Gwyneth and also a testament to her. And of course it is not just us. There are a vast number of leaders who have given years of service, both here at the Martyrs and further afield. As we've just heard, many of us have been inspired, or perhaps encouraged, to do this by Gwyneth. To give other young people those girl-guiding opportunities that we enjoyed. We would now like to share just a few more stories and memories from our guiding days. 
My first guide camp at the Brand, like many subsequent others, was a very wet one. (laughs) On the first morning, with it still raining, we set about collecting the driest wood we could find to make our patrol fire to cook breakfast. It was not an easy task, but Captain assured us that it was of course possible and that if we persevered with frantically flapping our fry-toll lids and packing our fires, we would soon have a good blaze going, and sure enough we did. Cooking on an altar fire can be challenging. Adjusting billies by prodding with a wooden spoon, with smoke in your eyes, without setting yourself alight, is no mean feat, and to be fair, an accident waiting to happen. Just at the moment Gwyneth returned to see how we were getting on, a billy of plum tomatoes toppled off of the grid and all over the grass. What should we do? Put them in the wet rubbish? Absolutely not. Nothing wrong with those, she said, bending down and scooping them out of the grass and back into the billy. Heat them up again and eat them. They'll be fine. In silent agreement, we decided probably best not to argue, so we ate them. Camping with Gwyneth and Pat was certainly character building. I have another camp memory. Camp was significant if you were one of Gwyneth's guides. One camp, when I was about 14, I had a minor puncture wound as a result of a dog bite and it was decided that I needed to leave camp to get it checked out. Before leaving to go to accident and emergency at the Leicester Royal Infirmary, Captain insisted that I put on my guide uniform. Yes, we did take them to camp, skirt and all, and yes, it was rather crumpled, having been in my rucksack for 48 hours, but it was a Sunday, and I was leaving camp, so of course I had to be putting on my guide uniform and go properly attired. After having three stitches in the wound, I got my dad to take me back to camp that very evening. Both he and Mum wanted me to wait until the next day, but no, I was going back. And Gwyneth, of course, expected me back. Where else would I be but back at camp? And she did so without question. The Monday was a rare thing at camp, hot and sunny. So we were allowed a a water fight. But of course, I couldn't join in because my dressing must not get wet. What followed was so much fun because Gwyneth hid behind me and forbid anyone else to get us wet. Although, of course, she cheered on everyone else in sight to drench any other leader that they could find. (laughs) I recall this because I remember feeling involved and included in all the fun. And although Gwyneth had some very set ideas about what was right and could at times be a little harsh, she was also very empathetic and caring and she went out of her way always to make everyone feel involved and included. Many of you will have witnessed Gwyneth's ability to pack a car with both equipment and people. Gwyneth's red estate cars hold significant memories for me. She would pack her car with anything and everything. Tables and chairs for the CMS garden parties, pioneering equipment, garden waste, 
any rubbish after events, and of course, all the mountain of stuff that you had at the end of camp. Her comment would always be, just stick it in my car. As a young leader, travelling with Gwyneth to set up Beaver Camp, the journey, on a hot summer's day, was accompanied by the dreadful smell of rancid milk. A spillage probably caused by the overpacking of the boot at the end of the previous camp. The smell never went away, and in the end, the car was replaced by another red estate. And also, as a guide, in the days before any written risk assessments and seatbelt laws, we went on a summer hike and a trip to Anstey Chippy. I have no idea how many of us were actually in that car, but we were packed on the seats, in the boot, and even in the footwell. <laughs> they were great tasting chips, but it was an even more memorable and exciting journey. It strikes me that Gwyneth's cars were very much like her life. Somehow, amazingly, there always seemed to be room for everything, but more importantly, everyone. Unlike the others, I was never a keen camper, but with Gwyneth's encouragement, managed to cope just. I remember one camp trying to light a fire as part of the Pioneer Badge. Despite Gwyneth's firm cause of pack your fire, more punk, and the desperate wafting of the customary tin plate, I failed to get it going. That could have been it, but I wasn't going to get away with it. Gwyneth had me trying again weeks later, taking me to the vicarage garden for another attempt. This time it worked and I got the badge. Later, a weekend camp was arranged at Topstones to complete various parts of the camper badge. I was going to miss it as I was away on holiday, not to return until the Saturday. Not likely. Gwyneth came back to Leicester to fetch me on the Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Such was her dedication. I didn't share Gwyneth's love of camping, but looking back, I am grateful that her enthusiasm and commitment made me try things I wouldn't otherwise have done and instilled in me her belief that you should always give things a try, even if you're not sure, and keep going even when things don't work first time. I am proud, as we all are, to have been one of Gwyneth's guides. She was an inspirationist captain and remained a very dear friend. I should perhaps say I'm also the other church warden at the moment, so I'm kind of following in Gwyneth's footsteps a little bit there too. And um, I think it was partly her influence and guiding that got me involved here at the Martyrs, so thanks Gwyneth. <laughs> We've had many wonderful memories this afternoon, and all those of us that have spoken have felt truly privileged to be able to share them. But you all have today have special memories too. And they're just as important as those that are in the booklet and those that we've heard shared. So we do hope that at the end of the service you'll stay for a drink and a piece of cake, look at some of the old photographs and share your own memories with us and with others. Thank you.
Shall we pray and give thanks? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for Gwyneth, her full and long life, her dedication to you, her care, compassion and commitment to so many people over many decades. We thank you for the immense lasting legacy Gwyneth leaves behind, especially through her involvement with the Girl Guides and the Martyrs community. We thank you for Gwyneth's energy and vision to help so many girls in guiding experience friendship and belonging, fun and adventure, inspiring them to be the best they could be. We also thank you for her deep commitment to faith and to the martyrs. Thank you for providing us with such a glue lady, someone who held everything together. And we further thank you for a life dedicated to help and serve the elderly, those ill and the housebound through regular visiting and many a phone call. Please look in mercy on all who continue to grieve and mourn and miss having Gwyneth around. And we especially lift Pat up to you, Gwyneth's dear friend and companion for over 30 years. And we pray for Gwyneth's family and the guiding community those part of martyrs past and present, her dear neighbours, and all who had the privilege of crossing paths with Gwyneth. Father, please comfort them and be with them in their loss. And we pray that each and every one will experience your love and know your closeness to them today and in this season ahead. Lord, provide us all with faith and hope that Jesus has indeed overcome and conquered death. And on this 20th anniversary of 9-11, we today also pray for all those impacted by that terrible tragedy. For the families and loved ones of the nearly 3,000 people who died and for many others still grieving and in pain, we pray you would draw close to them today and bring comfort and hope. Father, we pray that you would give us all the wisdom and grace to use well the time that is left to us here on earth, to turn to Jesus and to follow him in this life and into the next one. And Lord, when we think of Gwyneth's life and all that she accomplished whilst with us, we offer up to you the words of one of Gwyneth's favourite hymns. God, how great thou art. To end our prayers, can I invite you to join me saying the Lord's Prayer. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
So please remain standing for a moment and let's pause and let's reflect on the blessing that each of us has received from Gwyneth. through the words of this prayer of blessing let us each seek that we might be strong in faith and in love may God make you strong in faith and in love May God defend you on every side and guide you in all truth and peace. So may the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be with you and those you love, now and forevermore.